0: lost it for us in 2018. He lost it for us in 2020. He lost it for us in 2022. But look at what happened last week. Republicans lose a vote on Israel. Republicans lose a vote on Majorcus and the border. The RNC chair loses her job and his fingerprints were all over it. Everything he touches, we lose. How many more times do we have to lose before we say maybe he's the problem? He said that men and women who lost their lives in the military were suckers and losers. But it's because he's never been around a veteran. Donald Trump's never been near a uniform. The closest he's come to harm's way is a golf ball hitting him on the golf course, and that's the truth. He sided with a tyrant who's made no bones about wanting to destroy America. The idea that Trump would associate himself with Putin like that over our allies who stood with us after 9 11? In that one moment, he put all of our men and women in uniform that are serving there in danger.
1: Haley's focus on Trump and Russia was especially pointed regarding the murder of Alexei Navalny. Trump
0: needs to answer to that. Does he think Putin killed him? Does he think Putin was right to kill him? And does he think Navalny was a hero?
1: Trump had no intention of answering to any of that or doing much else this week in South Carolina besides jetting in for a Fox News town hall and saying
2: this about Navalny. He was a very brave guy and it's a horrible thing, but it's happening in our country too. I got indicted four times. I have eight or nine trials, all because of the fact that I'm in politics. This judge, Arthur Angeron, ruled against you for... Dollars plus interest that r- runs every day. It's a lot it of It is a of dope. form of Navalny. It is a form of uh, communism or fascism.
1: Yet Trump's unrelenting stream of self-aggrandizing, Putin-stroking gibberish has had no apparent effect on the state of the race. The former president is cruising.
3: Pure ambition, and she's good at it. I would agree with her that Trump is going to lose. So the party's going to be looking for somebody when this election election's over, who can uh, bring people together, who, you know, has tr- been out on the stump, can help them raise money. I think she's looking at that and saying, I can say, in, in writ large, I told you so. I told you so.
1: I asked Harpulian whether he thought, in the end,
3: Haley could fit that bill. When you look at the Republican Party, she may be that. Who else is out there? She is a new generation of Republican, um, and she, she, I think she can claim that mantle. If she gets through this and Trump loses, she's it
4: so interesting. I think personally, I think it's a brilliant move, John Hellman, to stay in there, to hang in there. Um, women are tough. And, uh, you know, I think the moment, and I'm curious to your thoughts on this, that she didn't feel like she had to worry what she said about Donald Trump, took the gloves off, stopped kicking sideways and started saying it like it is, is when she really found her voice. And she's a breakout star now, no matter what happens in South Carolina.
1: Yeah, I think, Mika, I think that's right. You know, you, there are two different ways to look at Nikki Haley, and, and here, um, there are people who, a lot, everyone recognizes she has a lot of political skill. Um, there, the, everybody also recognizes that she's uh, very ambitious, uh, and, and that there are those, the cynical people about her say, you know, she kind of blows with the wind, and she's never been very consistent. She kind of takes whatever side uh, of an issue that she thinks is going to get her the furthest. Other people sort of say she has evolved in a, in a genuine way, to your kind of point, and that it took her some time to find her voice, uh, and maybe mm-hmm. too late. But that she's found it eventually, and, and she eventually dug in against Trump and was willing to take him on uh, in, in the full-throated way she has. And that that is is that she's now kind of c- convincing in that role. I will say, but as in New Hampshire, uh, the case, in the state, in the state here, a lot of people wonder uh, what, how different this race would have been if she had been going against Trump, guns blazing the way she is now, if she'd been doing oh, no. that for, for six months as opposed to just a couple months.
5: This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies. Because we're going to medieval on these people. I got a free shot at all these networks lying about the people the people have had a belly full of it I know you don't like hearing that I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that but you're not going to stop it it's going to happen
1: and where do people like that go to share the big lie? mega media I wish in my soul I wish that any of
3: these people had a conscience
5: ask yourself what is my task and what is my purpose if that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room.
2: Here's your host,
5: Stephen K.
6: It's,
5: it's Saturday, CPAC Saturday, 24 February, the year of our Lord 2024. Welcome to the War Room. Natalie, happy birth, happy day of the first day of your 23rd year. You you
4: thought I was turning 24. I'm sort of offended. 23. 23, 23 (laughs) and
5: 23. I got it. Okay, you guys saw the cold open with Nikki Haley. Didn't you enjoy that? I played that just for your viewing pleasure. She. she, 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 Emmett, Morning Mika is telling you, Morning Mika is telling you she found her voice. She found her voice. Hey, remember, this is the great unmasking, right? You're seeing them all get unmasked. She's turned out to be the super hater, right? Neocon Nikki. Well, today we're going to see how that turns out for her. If we, Ben, first of all, just the camera. I want to just make sure our audience understands what's happening today. Normally we have a packed crowd here at CPAC. CPAC is all MAGA. War Room Posse's been amazing, been great. But today, hey, how you guys doing? Waving that, you're in line right now. Look at the line over there. They've got to get through the screeners because President Trump is speaking, I think around noon or one o'clock now, one o'clock, backed up from 11, but the people are already going in. Every seat will be taken. This is a huge turnout for President Trump, but you've got to process through the Secret Service. So we're going to get some of the, the folks that are either in line or, or with us maybe slip out, come out so we'll have our audience here. Uh, We've got a lot going on today. President Trump speaks at one o'clock. There's gonna be some, Kerry Lake, I think speaks right before him. We got Scott Besson, the financier, who's coming out, raised all this money for President Trump in South Carolina. He'll be up there on the stage. It's gonna be a who's who. I think we have, is it Malay today from Argentina? I think we have him. It's gonna be incredible today, and then, of course, your humble servant. I'll give the closing keynote, uh, which maybe get everybody fired up before the watch party. going to be a live watch party. MSNBC, Everybody's here is going to be to watch the MAGA, have a big victory over, uh, over Nikki Haley, and maybe Nikki Haley's last day on the campaign trail. Uh, what is your sense, uh, Natalie, of CPAC so far? You've been coming for a number of years. You've been doing the show here with us for a number of years, and with uh, you covered it with National Pulse. By the way, Raheem Kassam, man. God, Raheem Kassam. Is Raheem at CPAC? I don't think so. Anyway.
4: Uh, Probably not.
5: Probably not. Give us your assessment of CPAC this year.
4: Well, look, I actually spoke on a panel yesterday with uh, College Republicans for America, and we were talking about the younger generations, how we get them involved. And we were sort of joking about some of the old slogans that used to dominate the culture wars, right? Socialism sucks. Taxation is theft. Big government sucks. And we were just saying in a matter of what is it? Half a decade, how far we've come, right? The issues that we're debating now. If only we had the luxury to be sitting around and debating tax policy and trickle-down economics, oh, no. so right? Yes, yes, it's yes. not big government sucks, it's okay. big tech, big pharma, big ag, the convergence of all of these interests, of course, compounded Do you think with the, the message, Communist do you party. think the
5: message of the MAGA movement is is being heard by the younger generation under 30 or being embraced by any significant portion of them?
4: Well, we were talking about the interesting polling that came out showing that I believe my generation, my demographic, the number one thing that they're concerned with is the cost of living. And like I was saying, through that older paradigm, or the I think-
5: cost of not living.
4: And I think there's some discussion about what the cost of living is to people my age because I do think they include some things that are probably not necessary as the parents in the audience probably probably know, but I think you know previous kind of iterations of the Republican Party would really try to address that through the economic lens, right? They would try to talk about tax cuts. That's not something that's super fun for young people to talk about, and frankly, Steve, I think that that misses the point, and that's what's so wonderful about this organization, I think, where this show, War Room, has taken the debate about, really, the cost of living. In other words, the reason why the cost of living is, is going up is because they want to hollow out the middle class in this country. They don't believe in the nuclear family. They want to turn us into 15-minute, not cities, but ghettos, as Christina Anderson said, and I think what is so interesting about CPAC, you even see it in the theme of the event this year, where global goes to die, that this is all part of a broader agenda and broader plan. It's not just economic warfare. It is full-scale societal, cultural, and information warfare.
5: It's one of the reasons we have people like Jim Rickards and we have uh, the Birchgold guys. This is all talking about capital markets. It's talking about the global economy, macroeconomics, and in this voice, this populist movement. I just gave an interview to a British paper. Our interview with Liz Truss the other day was the dominant thing in the news uh, uh, in England. Because she actually said she picked up the, the Economist and the Financial Times, and she said that they're all part of a cabal, they're all part of a cabal that controls the United Kingdom. It's one of the people that turfed her out. And of course, people are saying, oh, Liz trusts it, CPAC, she's there in war room with Bannon. It's all this wingnut conspiracies. But I just told the, the reporter from the um, Daily Mirror that was here, it couldn't be anything further from the truth. This is controlled by the Bank of England. It is controlled by the big hedge funds. That's what's got rid of Liz Truss. I'm not defending uh, her uh, administration and what she tried to do in cutting taxes, maybe without cutting spending. But you see the same thing here. Out of the Republican Party, the leadership conference, we're hearing, oh, I spent last night when I got back from the Reagan dinner for about three or four hours talking to people. And guess what? The Republican House does not want to sit there and take a hard line. If you don't shut down the border, you shut down the government. They still are not the point to drive. They want to have all these kind of, uh, you know, permutations on things, but not get to the heart of the matter. We have um, three converging crises, what I said at this summit the other day. You have a crisis of an invasion on our southern border that has at least 10 million illegal alien invaders on Biden's watch. I'm not talking about the other 20 or 30, however many illegal aliens have been here. Let's set that off to the side for a second. I'm talking about 10 million illegal alien invaders that are here. The Congressional Budget Office and the people that do the math to talk about deficits have baked in hard the 10 million illegal alien invaders as central to the economy because they've driven down wages among the working class. They've already put it into the model to talk about how we're going forward. My point is that the the apparatus of both parties and the apparatchiks that run the administrative state have already concluded that the illegal alien invaders are gonna be here and be a permanent part of the economy. Number one. Number two, Number two, you have uh, inextricably linked to that is the, is the uh, debt and the deficit. The Congressional Budget Office, not War Room, puts forward a plan that shows $2 trillion a year deficits in perpetuity. And every number you hear and every number they talk about, they never want to talk about the $2 trillion. That's cash money that has to be financed. How's it financed? Only one way. You can print money at the Federal Reserve and sell the bonds or just have the American people buy the bonds, right? What's called monetizing the debt. The reason the world has to buy the debt is every transaction in the world is converted into dollars before it's concluded. It's the reason the Russians have $300 billion of treasuries in our banks that they're prepared to steal. That means we're the prime reserve currency. As soon as that goes away, and it's going to go away, we're like Argentina. Right, You have no way to sell those bonds. That's a crisis, another part of the converging crisis. Massive invasion on our border, number one. Massive uh, deficit and debt problem that they have no interest in solving. The Republicans' first bid on this was $16 billion they wanted to cut. $16 billion on a $7 trillion budget this year. $2 trillion deficit, they wanted to cut $16 billion. Now they're talking about $50 billion. It's virtually irrelevant, but that's the people on our side of the football. Okay, The third... Is there is a third world war, the kinetic part of it, is starting from the South China Sea to the Red Sea to Gaza to Ukraine, the the perimeter of the Eurasian landmass that's going to be a bigger war, a more brutal war than World War II. And our leaders right now are pumping money into it in the Red Sea. You have, which by the way, protects the Suez Canal, all the trade to Europe, all the trade to the people at the ski resorts in Switzerland, in Tuscany in the villas, in the south of France, in the beautiful homes in Belgravia, okay? Your sons and daughters on two carrier battle groups right now, 10,000 American sailors. We have one British combatant, one French combatant, and that's it. You're underwriting it, not just with your tax money part of the two trillion dollar deficit because our defense bill is a trillion dollars, but your sons and daughters again. We walked patrol in the Hindu Kush in Afghanistan for 20 years, they died on the battlefields in Iraq, they died in the jungles of Vietnam, and it's the same thing over and over and over again. And that's what MAGA's here. That's why CPAC's here. That's why Donald Trump's our leader. Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you're nothing but a neoliberal neocon with the same group of stupid talking points over and over and over again that's leading this nation to its destruction. And we will not
4: allow it. Mic drop
5: short commercial break. We'll be back in the war room at CPAC in a moment. True or false? Using your tax refund to pay off credit card debt is a smart thing. Actually, that's false. DoneWithDebt.com published a brilliant strategy designed to let you keep your hard-earned tax refund and reduce or eliminate credit card debt. Most Americans owe thousands in credit card debt. In fact, Daily Mail's got a story that $56 million Americans carry credit card debt, and that debt will take years to pay off, if you pay it off at all. Done With Debt found that filing bankruptcy is usually not the answer, and taking out loans to pay off credit cards usually increases the debt. When you engage Done With Debt, their legal experts and skilled negotiators take on the credit card companies for you. Their winning strategies are designed with one goal. Solve your debt situation quickly and permanently. First things first, chat with a done with debt strategist and explore your solutions. Some debt fighting strategies are time sensitive, so you'll need to move quickly. For a free consultation, visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Do it today. Take action. Your host, Stephen K. Mann. You know what I love about that? So many people hate it. Um, I want to thank Real America's Voice, uh, Parker Sig. Is uh, Rob Sig here? Is your dad here? Oh, Rob's sleeping in? No, I'm just... Parker does all the work anyway. Um, Fantastic job. I want to give... Let's give a shout-out to Real America's Voice. This has been very difficult to do. The shows have been incredible. The morning show, all of it.
4: And to Will, Cameron, and Taylor, our production team. Our
5: production team, we got... (laughs) We got to digitally block out their faces. They'll be crucial. <laughs> Will Blair Taylor. We got the Cameron. All of it. Mo, where's Mo Banner? Mo Banner's running the floor here. Okay, uh, let's go. To, we're going to go to Columbia, South Carolina, to a uh, polling station. Our own David Zier. David, take it away.
7: Hey, Steve, how are you? I guess the big story today is the early voting. I just interviewed Drew McKissick who came here to vote at the uh, Recreation Park voting station. He said 208,000 early voters have come out. That's almost double of the entire Democrat primary here on February 2nd, that turned out. He expects a record turnout exceeding 2016, which was 737,000 voters, I believe, in the Republican primary. Um, and it's might be uh, about 750,000 here, but I'm at a polling station in Richland County, Columbia, South Carolina. It's about 67% Democrat, about 31% Republican here. So far, my exit polling, actually, actually my wife is here exit polling for me in the parking lot, 15 to 6 Haley over Trump over here. So, uh, and a couple of Democrats, I asked, we're asking them anonymously to ask who they voted for. Uh, we also asked them uh, whether they're Democrat or Republican. And whether they had any problems with the polling station and the machines at this location, there haven't been any problems uh, reported here. But I guess the uh, other story here is that Haley found her voice in South Carolina. The Democrats, Politico reporting over 5,000 Democratic large donors have come over to her side. uh, But money can't buy her love in South Carolina because she doesn't have that grassroots connection. Rock Hill yesterday, 7,000 people packed that Coliseum See him over there. There were a couple of thousand people extra outside. Massive turnouts, and also Ori County, Myrtle Beach, very heavy MAGA country. Like on the other side of the state, in Pickens, South Carolina, it's about 70 plus percent MAGA. Um, Russell Fry, Congressman, told me yesterday at the rally, very heavy early voting turnout. So that early voting could right. help the Republicans. David D- David Zier, thank you so much. We'll come back to you later. David Zier down in Columbia, South Carolina.
5: By the way, David, I want to thank you. Your mom's here. She's great, uh, as usual. She's super MAGA here supporting War Room and supporting President Trump. How do you like that? Nikki Haley found her voice. Tr- hang on. Trash-talking Trump. Tr- and she got 5,000 Democratic uh, donors. Does that shock you? Bird brain. Did I say that? Jane Zirkle, what do you got for us?
8: I am joined by Mark McCloskey, who I met with my former boss, Rudy Giuliani, filmed a special at his home. If you remember back to 2020, Black Lives Matter targeted him and his wife. Mark, give us an update on the situation. What lawfare have you experienced since then?
3: Well, as you may recall, in response to us exercising our Second Amendment rights to defend ourselves against a BLM mob, our Soros-appointed district attorney charged my wife and me with two Class E felony which would cost us four years in the slammer, our law licenses and everything. But just like Fannie Willis and Letitia James, she campaigned on getting even with us. And we got her tossed off the case. We filed a motion to have her tossed based on her bias. We have honest judges in St. Louis. She got tossed. She took that up to the Court of Appeals. They approved it. She took it up to the Supreme Court. They approved it. So we got rid of her. But then the new prosecutor comes in. He would been, he'd been the U.S. attorney under Biden for two terms. And I think, oh, you know, this is you know, out of the frying pan in the fire. Turns out he was an honest guy. Dismisses the felony charges. Then he reads us this charge in front of open court. He says that I purposely placed at least one person in imminent fear of physical injury. And I laughed out loud and said, hell yes, I did. That's what the guns were for, right? And then the judge leans over the bench and says, now, Mr. McCloskey, did you do those things? I said, I sure did, Judge, and I'll do them again if the mob comes back. Make a long story short. Um, uh, we-
5: right. <laughs> Amen. Let's, we, uh, give, it up. Uh, Let's uh, give it up for McCloskey. By the way, Second Amendment right there. A warrior. Ben Berkwan, what do you got for us? And speaking of everybody having a part
1: to play, tell me your name, where you're from, and this incredible stat. How many phone calls did you make
6: for President Trump in 2020? So my name is Iago Barbosa, and originally I'm from Brazil, and I helped in the Trump campaign in 2020, and I did over 280,000 phone calls for President Trump in the 2020 elections. Incredible. incredible! you're helping in 2024 as well, huh? Yes, I have been helping in every um, primary state and candidate. combining Iowa, New Hampshire, and all the others, I did already over 15,000 phone calls for President Trump, and I got a certificate for my dedication and this hat sign um, by President Trump, but it wasn't an in-person sign, though. So you're still waiting to meet President Trump in person. President
1: Trump, he wants to shake your hand. God bless you, young man. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Ben Parquam,
5: thank you very much. We've got a couple of very special guests here in the war room. Virginia Krieger. And April Babcock, you are the lost voices of fentanyl. Can you guys tell us, tell our audience what, what that is?
8: Well, we are a nonprofit organization fighting to change laws in our nation because fentanyl is the leading cause of death in Americans, 18 to 45. We're sick of funerals. We need someone in the White House that is going to put Americans first, go after the cartels, go after China, shut down China. They're shipping precursor chemicals, flooding America, killing American, Americans. This is China, they're the head of the snake, they're killing us, and now they're in business with the Mexican cartels taking us out. Like, this is the leading cause of death in Americans 18 to 45. This is our youth being poisoned.
9: And it's really important to distinguish something that the American public does not understand. You don't have to have substance use disorder or be addicted. To be negatively impacted by illicit fentanyl. They're putting it in pills that look like Adderall, Percocet, Xanax, um, you know, Vicodin. They're putting it in all kinds of recreational drugs that are commonly used, like methamphetamines, cocaine, MDMA, ecstasy, marijuana. They're poisoning our youth deliberately and on purpose. All these chemicals are coming from pharmaceutical labs in China, directly to Mexico's cartels, and this administration has not only failed to acknowledge that our loved ones are being mass poisoned, but they've failed to provide support to the millions of negatively impacted families. They've failed to provide support to the millions of children who are being left behind. This crisis has reached biblical proportions. One in every three American households has been affected, and it's going to continue to affect households until we do uh, are
5: something. The, are the, are the, is the Chinese Communist Party and the cartels, their partners... Do they fully understand what they're doing here? Do they know that they're at war with the United States? Absolutely. No doubt in your mind. No
9: doubt. They no doubt, intercepted a shipment of 25.7 tons of illicit fentanyl bound from, the, from China to the Sinaloa cartel in Mexico two years ago. That's enough illicit fentanyl to kill every living man, woman, and child on the entire planet one and a half times. So, And the next stop is the U.S. soil. I feel
8: for China, this is a way to destabilize America. They killed our elderly with the virus. They killed our youth with a chemical. They are the head of the state. So
5: you think that this is part of the kinetic war, that the Chinese Communist Party, you see now— Tens of thousands of PLA-age men coming across the border, that this is like an opium war. But the way the British went to war with them in the opium war back in the uh, 19th century, you believe this is their version, the reverse opium war uh, absolutely. to the
8: Absolutely. I mean, there was an article two years ago in Rolling Stones about Fort Bragg, about all the military in Fort Bragg dying from fentanyl.
5: This isn't normal. Are people in the United States making money off this?
9: Yes. Yeah, drug dealers. Not only them, but we're talking about FedEx is getting paid by uh, shipping directly from China. That's falling under de minimis loophole practices. We have, you know, uh, social media who they're they're allowing these ads to sell these fake pills, and they tell us that they can't locate drug messaging. That's spreading fentanyl, but they can find a covid anywhere that it exists and be able to you know, or stop find anybody
5: that was on the uh, walking around a blade of grass on J6. Correct. They can find all of them. You know, Absolutely. And, why, and, so why is nothing being done? Why is it get worse every year?
9: Uh, they don't want to do anything about it. Who's that simple? Who's the they? Biden administration,
5: the Biden regime. You, and, you guys have approached and approached.
9: And, yes.
8: And this is another thing I feel sick people make money. We make money off of sick people, not healthy people. So this is our pharmaceutical industries, our doctors, our hospitals. They're making money off of sick people. People with a substance use disorder
9: have a lot of medical problems. So what is your call
5: to action? This is the most activist audience, President Trump's movement. We want to name most... fentanyl a
9: weapon of mass destruction, number one. That'll free hold up, hold up hold federal I love resources. This. Give me that again. We want illicit fentanyl to be added to the weapon of mass destruction list. That will free up federal resources for us to be able to go after the supply lines, aggressively. We want the cartels named foreign terrorist organizations because that's what they are. We want public warnings to be issued so that every American household knows that illicit fentanyl can harm their family, how it can harm their family, and so that they're educated and informed. We want this administration to properly assess this crisis. Right now, they're only counting the dead. They have not counted the near-death injuries, they're not counting the number of young people. have in comas all over this country because they're still breathing. How can you fix a problem when you have not assessed how big it is, who it is impacting, or how? Should
5: the United States Navy and the Coast Guard board the Chinese vessels coming in to Absolutely. Mexico? No doubt? No okay. doubt. Okay. Real quickly, call to action. Where do people go to find out more about you? Website, social media?
8: LVOF. You can find us on Facebook. And really we want July 13th at the Washington Monument. will be our fourth annual rally and then we will march to the White House and we Demand will rally. action.
5: 13 July. 13 July,
9: July 13th Washington so Monument, 10 a.m. We have bereaved families from all over the country coming. We have our victim banners on display and we march with the pictures of our children. We are not going to lay down and let these people kill our children they're, anymore. They're so join gonna, us.
5: They're not going to be lost voices with the war in Posse and Becky. Let's give it up for the moms. We're going to take down the CCP take down the Biden regime, and stop the killing of fentanyl by our enemies.
9: Thank
2: you.
5: I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money in our bank accounts. First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards, editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author, is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact... Some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting and dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickertz, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to RickardsWarRoom.com. That's RickardsWarRoom.com now to see the video.
3: Here's your host, Stephen K. Mann.
5: Okay, welcome back. By the way, just, we, have a, we have a new setup today because everybody's got to get through the... Uh, the screeners to get in to see President Trump, President Trump speaks about 1 o'clock. Real America's Voice is going to cover all of that. We're kind of the pregame show. So most of our audience is going through inside, but the reprobates are here with us this morning in the war room. I want to thank you. By the way, is that fentanyl? We've got to get all over that fentanyl situation, don't we? Just got to get on top of it. Um, Jane Zirkel, what do you got for
9: me? Tell me your name and what brings you to CPAC. Sure. I'm Victoria Harvey. This is my daughter, Gemma Harvey, and we are from Beller, Maryland, and we are here to learn to how to fight the regime in office right now.
8: Gemma, how old are you? Eight. What's something you've learned here at CPAC? Don't trust the government. Don't trust the government.
10: (laughs) Please tell me your name and what brings you to CPAC. Aaliyah Panetti coming
4: to CPAC to support the organization and to pray for everybody here. Love it, love it. What's your name and what brings you to CPAC? Christine Clancy. I'm just here to listen to the
8: speakers and see Steve. We love it, we love it. What's your name and what brings you to CPAC?
10: I'm Jane Scandora and I'm waiting to hear Ed Dowd right now. Oh, are we excited to hear Ed Dowd? Dowd,
5: We're going to get Ed Dowd. Hang on, Ben. What do you got for us? All right. You got a neighbor over here, Steve. What's
1: your name? Where are you from?
10: I'm Joanne, and I come from the same neighborhood as Steve Bannon, Ginner Park in Richmond, Virginia. Actually, the same street as well. Hold it. Hold it. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on.
5: You're from, you're from Ginner <laughs> Park,
10: Noble Avenue? Yes, sir. 3,400 uh, block.
5: Oh, my Lord. Two doors down from the school. From St. Paul School? Oh, wow, that's my old paper route. he got a quick question for that's you, That's my too. old paper route. By the way, I think you owe me for the papers. I, I didn't want to say anything about your parents. <laughs> I but was too but young I think for it's, a, that it's time. been accruing interest, right? <laughs> too young for that time. What, what, but, do, you, what um, do you got? By the way, Ginner Park is like, is like heaven on earth. Great neighborhood.
10: It is. Still is. Of course, is. Tim Kaine
5: kind of lives adja- you know adjacent, so we got to...
10: You know, you can't, what's your, what's can't your, have it all, can you? What's your, um, what's your question? I have a question for you because um, we always talk about messaging, and I feel like we are um, addicts on a 12-step recovery because everybody's identified that we have a problem. But it seems like to get through new messaging or messaging that people actually care about, that are the conversations that Natalie mentioned behind closed doors in smaller groups, that local and state leaderships are opposing this and they're resistant to new ideas so how do we as influencers back at our local chapters how do we push through those changes because we're not getting our candidates and we're not getting them elected
5: let's talk about that what do you mean you're not getting your candidates are getting defeated what, at precinct yep. level or at what level?
10: It seems like everywhere, Steve. It seems like it's sabotage everywhere. Give, give
5: me like a, What's a message you, uh, behind closed doors of the messaging you guys talk about you think are, are winners or whatever that's not happening? Walk me through that process.
10: Well, a lot of chapters don't even have websites. They don't have social media presence or the stuff is dated five, ten years these old. Are, these
5: are, pre- when we say chapters, precinct chapters? Because yes. one of the things we hope to do out of the, one of the reasons we had the, um, The the Force Multiplier Academy is to begin this process. I think we've got Jojo and Mo and Grace and some others. They're going to try to get the war room more organized, maybe into local chapters, so that we can start to develop the messaging and start to weaponize the messaging, right? So that we can pierce through these. We understand, remember, in any system, there's huge um, resistance to change, right? Because the people in charge of the levers of power... making all the money and have all the power that's what the problem here is in the imperial capital remember in the tea party election of 2010 there were 63 uh we won 63 seats i think the biggest since the 1950s or the 1930s and yet there was very little change at first right because they came up here and got got co-opted by the system but it, it was the beginning and the foundational element like the perot movement the tea party was a foundational element to maga it was a foundation if you hadn't had the tea party and you hadn't had those small victories, you would have never had Donald Trump. Donald Trump actually had, when he came on with his message, there were people out there that were open to that message. And that's where we've gone right now. Remember, President Trump, when they stole the election from him, they thought he was just gonna go back to Mar-a-Lago and be a good little boy and do what former presidents do, get a big advance on a book, kind of sit there and just you know go around and be a statesman and go about his private life. President Trump didn't do that. What President Trump says is, hey, I need to save this country they stole they stole my first term they definitely stole my second term and I'm going to come back and you've seen the way people have galvanized behind that right now he's leading in all the polls right the maga movement's ascendant but it's a process and you're still fought last night I was on the phone with congressman for hours the people that you put in office right now are terrorized that msnbc and the new york times and the washington post are going to say bad things about them that they're going to call them racists they're going to call them nativists they're going to call them xenophobes if they do what needs to be done on the southern border and needs to be done in shutting down this frickin' government That's right, right? Shut in shut order it to get our down. System, to shut it all down now but it's all part of a process. And right now we're ascended. and I understand it's, it's, it's bad, right? It's tough to do. And oftentimes you're very disappointed. You're very disappointed when somebody wins. This is the power of President Trump. Look about his first term, right? As imperfect as he is, he had about as good a first term and we had a lot of things that didn't go right. But if you see the apparatus he's against, right? Think of what accomplished. Think about this apparatus for a second. The guy comes back and says, I'm going to run for another term, right, because you stole it from me. He's facing 700 years in prison. Now, Navalny, obviously, they did a lot of bad things to this guy, there's no doubt. But that's the KGB, that's what they do, that's how they've terrorized the Russian people since they took out the Tsar, right? They're nothing but Bolsheviks, They're another version of Bolsheviks, just like the CCP. This is the United States of America, I want to repeat, they want to put Trump, because he's running for president and leading the polls in prison for 700 years, and if they had their choice, they would do it tomorrow. They've also stripped all of his business wealth from him, just like the Bolsheviks in Moscow in the 1930s did. In addition, they've tried to take him off the ballot. And they believe so much in democracy, they're trying to take him off the ballot in 31 states. They then had this defamation charge with another 88 million dollars, and they're going to do it again and again and again because they understand that you guys have his back and our movements ascend it, and they think by taking out our leader that they will kill the movement. They have to understand, and and let's not lose... The point of what Robert Kagan, the husband of Victoria Newland, did in the Washington Post. He wrote a 5,000-word essay in the most prominent political paper in our country, in the, in the official paper of the imperial capital that called for the moral, the moral call, the moral justification for the assassination of Donald Trump. Full stop. They, and hey, when they see him coming on November 5th, all bets are off for these guys. This is lawlessness. This is the reign of the outlaws, right? This is the reign of the lack of rule of law, of the, of the rule of lawlessness, and they will stop at nothing. So what you're doing in your groups, it is working I know it seems that you're not getting the right people and etc but I, that's why I think you just got to hunker down you got to do it north side Richmond north side of Richmond is the north side of Richmond north of the river is a tough town right they make tough people thank you so much I want to make sure we get our card absolutely Steve. I'm coming back to collect, I think that house I think that house it's only from 19 it's only from 1969 big bill. it's been accruing interest it's gonna big be bigger bill. no offense it may be bigger than Trump's Trump's bill in New York City <laughs> Steve, can, I,
4: can I add yeah, one yeah. thing to question? Your- question too i think for so long we haven't been able to look at younger republicans particularly at the college level as allies in all of this but something you may not know there is actually a college level rnc did you even know that but as you would expect with the rnc it's filled entirely with establishment republicans just the children of big donors the types who are basically propping up nick haley but there's sort of an inner civil war going on right now at the collegiate level of Republicans. So I would encourage you, it sounds like where you're really lacking is on the technological front, the social media game. Basically, you need younger voices involved. So there's a wonderful organization called College Republicans of America. They're spreading literally every day. They're adding chapters in New York. This Wisconsin. is the MAGA.
5: This is the MAGA group.
4: Basically, how you know we have our Mike Lindells and our Hermit Dylans to counter Ron Romney McDaniel. There is a college-level civil war going on too. So I would say for any of you who are looking for young people to get involved who are actually on our side and not just lazy college Republicans. Reach out to the College Republicans of America, uscollegegop.com, and I'm sure you will find wonderful, hardcore activists who will knock doors for you, who who will put in the blood, sweat, and tears to create websites for all of you.
5: Great question. Okay, we got in the house right now, Ed Dowd, the Ed Dowd, and Dr. Ryan Cole. First off, Ed, we're going to hold you guys to the break if you don't mind. Ed, just give us a quick snapshot. Ed, how is it? getting off of uh, a beautiful tropical Hawaii and coming here to the nation's capital?
6: Uh, I'm not used to the weather, and I had to buy a winter coat, so that's the the main difference. A winter coat. Tell us about, you're you're
5: really a hedge fund guy. Tell us about the financial crisis. You've been warning about the margin
6: call that's gonna happen on $300 trillion of global debt. Where do we stand? So right now, uh, the Fed started raising interest rates about almost 18 months ago, and uh, that hits in May. There's usually an 18 month lag between monetary policy and the effect in the real economy when the inflation came that came after 18 months after they pumped the money for covid they started raising interest rates and the money supply went negative in november 2022 that should start hitting the economy it already has started hitting wow it It should start hitting around may the administration the fed and the treasury are going to have their work set uh, up for them to keep this thing afloat before the election my guess is they might lose control if they do. We see a crash sometime this fall. You think it may a potential crash this fall?
5: Yeah. President Trump's second term is gonna be brutal. Uh, listen, Dr. Cole, you're here. Talk about the conference you've been speaking at. Where do we stand with the pandemic? Where do we stand with the vaccines? We're gonna talk about excess deaths in a second, but where do we stand overall this entire fight?
2: So we're still here fighting the fight. Uh, the biggest uh, challenge right now is uh, freedom of speech. Most of us who've been. What do you mean by that? Well, just because they're trying to shut all you guys down, put you in jail. Well, like people, the people of the Republic of the State of Washington uh, has attacked me on misdis and malinformation, and they constantly want to usurp the Constitution, our First Amendment rights. So certainly, the science we're digging into that continue to present it internationally, and. Unfortunately, we're still seeing the long-term effects of these genetic injections that way too many people were. Do they admit to that at all? Does anybody actually still technically
5: admit to that? I know there's court cases coming on. Well, and you see you see people making slips. But have they officially where, – where, where do we stand in the official narrative of forcing them
2: – to actually tell the truth? Well, it's interesting to watch Peter Marks, the head of the FDA, perjure himself in front of Congress last week. You think he perjured himself? Oh, I do think he perjured himself, as, as did the other two uh, uh, officials from the three-letter agencies. So I, I think... Other nations are waking up. Other people are compensating their injured individual uh, citizens. Other nations care about their citizens. It's embarrassing that we as a nation continue to deny what's happening physically, which you've heard me say many a time, the cells don't lie under the microscope in the laboratory. We can prove the harms, but we're denying people their basic human rights to be acknowledged that they've been injured by something that was mandated and experimental.
5: This was, this was the congressman, I think from Texas, that was lighting these guys up, for, forcing them to answer the question. There was You're some, saying that time when they did that, they, that was perjured testimony? A lot of it was.
2: I, I, I watched Peter Marks as a, a, a hematologist saying, oh, we, we don't see any change in cancer rates. The CDC's own data shows an uptick, a little hockey stick, in every age decile now. And so to have him say, oh, there's no increase, the data don't lie, the cells don't lie. So it's very frustrating, medically, to can know the, the House, pro-
5: Can the Republican House help to force drive that? Are they doing enough right now to in this well, forward? There's some, we see these committees, but I, we don't see a lot of action. Do we see Well, Asher there's
2: confirmation it? bias. Nobody wants to admit they've harmed themselves. Most of these members in the House have, have gotten multiple shots. There are a couple of very vocal most of, most members. Of the guy,
5: most of the people in the house are, are, are taken, are vaxed. Yeah, Winthrop, Winthrop
2: said he had two yeah. Pfizer's, and he's fine.
5: Natalie, when you go over there, you're going to be double masked. I don't want any shedding <laughs> on war employees. Okay, short commercial break. Make sure you go to Birchgold.com/slash Bannon, the end of the dollar empire. I want everybody to read. You got to download. We'll sign it. Short break. Back in the war room. We're going to talk about excess deaths in a moment. For war room veterans, you know, we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of this show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit JaceMedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E. JaceMedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical—that's one word, J A S E Medical.com—and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J A S E Medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break. You can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action.
3: Here's your host, Stephen K. Bass.
5: Okay. Hold it. Hold. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a little low key. You got to be a lot louder for President Trump today. Is that the best you got? Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Were you guys out partying last night? I think I see a lot of hangovers here. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay. We have Senate testimony on Monday. We're going to break some news right here. The Grim Reaper Ed Dowd is with us. Remember he says the depression coming in the fall after Labor Day. So you got any better news for us? Talk to us about your testimony.
6: Well, President Biden's been seeing dead people lately. Unfortunately, I'm seeing real dead people. Um, I'm going to present before Senator Ron Johnson on Monday. Basically, the pandemic scorecard uh, from 2021 through 2023. What are the economic and human costs since the vaccine? The economic costs are as follows. We calculated them from the gross uh, national income uh, accounts. 15 billion uh, from dead people that was lost to the economy, 77 billion from disabilities, and 135 billion in lost work time from injuries. For a grand total of $217 billion.
5: Hang on, but how much of that has hit the, because isn't the canary in the mineshaft going to be the insurance companies? How much have hit the insurance companies, and if it's hit them, how come they're not up on Congress on Capitol Hill bellyaching about some sort of bailout? So have they admitted that there actually are excess deaths, or are they hiding this somehow in their accounting?
6: No, they, they took losses in their group life business, which is very short duration. They raised prices on that. The hit's going to come in the whole life business when they change their long-term death assumptions. I know for a fact as of last week I was talking to one of my insiders who said internally they're still trying to figure this out. They really don't know. You can't make this up. You mean they're internally trying to figure out how Why they, the excess deaths are continuing. Why the, the, they are continuing.
5: Okay. Because this is the conspiracy theory of all conspiracy theories right now, right? The VAX is actually bad for you and is killing people. When you talk about excess deaths, and you put a number on it as of right now, not what's going to be in the future, but what you've seen right now, and how did you calculate excess deaths?
6: We have two methodology papers on our website that we put out in September 2022, which is interestingly, because the ONS in the UK is changing their methodology. So we, we believe- You forced we, them, you think you forced them to change their methodology? We, we, we think so, and that's why we put our methodology out, just to make sure we had the scorecard going. But here are the numbers. Since 2021, 1.1 million Americans have perished- I uh, remember in 2020, 458,000 died. 1.1 million over and above the normal rate of death or 1.1 million total? 1.1 million excess deaths. Excess deaths. Over the normal rate. And if, remember in 2020, there were four- And there's no other excuse, no, no other... There there could be others. There could be fentanyl in there and some lockdown, but there's cofactors. But I'd say 75 to 80 percent of that is vaccine. That's what we think. That's what you're extrapolating. But nobody, the government won't admit that today. Has anybody
5: taken that that data and gone into a court and try to have a class action suit to represent the dead? any, Any lawyer? Because, you know, we're not short of trial lawyers in this country. Has anybody actually gotten a group of people together that have had people die and try to go to court and said, I, we need money to compensate us for the death? So for the, whatever the seven billion dollars you're talking about, whatever that number is, they go in there and say, hey, you, uh, you guys killed them. We need to be paid.
6: Not, not to my knowledge, but I'm sure there's some going on right now that just they haven't reached out to me to use our data. So what's the, the purpose of
5: Monday? This is a big deal. Dr. Malone, Dr. Cole, others. Was it Who's the other co
2: authors Is it Dr. Hooker? Uh, Brian Hooker from Children's Health Bri- Defense. Brian Hooker, well. Children's
5: Health Defense, you. These are the most prominent voices in the crisis movement. What do you guys hope to accomplish on Monday at Senator Johnson? Because Senator Johnson's been a hero in
6: this. My, my goal is to uh, present to those who don't know what's going on to say, hey, There was a policy implemented in 2021 that resulted in these following uh, uh, metrics. 1.1 million deaths, three and a half million disabilities, and 28 million injuries as represented by lost work time. 33 million individuals in the US have had their health compromised either through death, disability, or chronic sickness. That's about 10% of the U.S. population. So the pandemic sc- scorecard is an epic fail. Then you say, well, what caused it? Obviously, we think it's a vaccine. But at the very least, the establishment should have to answer their scorecard. There, there, there needs to be an accounting of the scorecard. Before I let you go, is Letitia James
5: just came after President Trump in a Moscow show trial and showed that banks that never had a default, never had a late payment, made the interest that they wanted to charge, they had every ability to do diligence, that the Delta was somehow Trump defrauded them, and he's got 366 million in fines and another $100 million of interest. Would you go to Letitia James with the amount of people that died in New York and said, hey, if, if he's guilty of fraud, you have to go after Pfizer. You have to go after these other vaccine companies because they took five billion dollars of people's income and people's wealth, etc.," And this is 20x what Trump is. Is that the way to do it? To go put big tish james on notice that you want her to take action on
6: I, pharmaceutical I, I, I don't know if i'd choose her to litigate this but no uh, no no, <laughs> I, no, no,
5: yeah, no well no but you can get a crooked judge like in trump's thing and trump i mean trump there was nothing to litigate they got a half a billion dollars from him don't you force her isn't the way to do it is go to new york city in the financial capital of the world and make your case there that if they're not going to prosecute then then it's a rigged game
6: yeah, essentially you're hundred percent correct I hate when that happens.
5: No. And I think we're, we'll talk afterwards. I mean, what we got to do is force the thing. Look, how many people in this audience are vaxxed? How many? Okay.
4: I, I was talking to someone yesterday and they came up to me and they said, it's because of you and Steve that I didn't get vaccinated. Okay. I said, as a, as a daughter of an infectious disease doctor, <laughs> thank you. Or you're welcome. No,
5: because you, look, you just got to. A very smart gotta, It infectious infectious should be, it should be, your own, you're free men and free women. You ought to be able to make your own decision. If Your decision is I'm not going to get it, I'm not going to get it. And it was, the, the, it was guys like you, the men and women that stood up and took all the brunt. Careers are destroyed in Washington. Coming. By the way, is that over in Seattle? It's not Eastern. Eastern Washington, Eastern Oregon. When are you going to become part of Idaho? When no, we get greater we, Idaho? We want right?
2: you. We want Eastern Washington, Eastern Oregon. You're, you're kindred spirits on the Great American Redoubt, like you say. The Great American Redoubt. Okay. Uh,
5: time of the, we're going to get these guys on a Monday in the war room itself, uh, hopefully before or after the testimony. Where do Dr. Cole, where do people go to get all your information, website,
2: social media? Sure. rcolemd.com on X at drcole, the number 12.
5: Perfect. Ed Dowd, where you get your book, all your analysis. Ed Dowd's the man. Financial analysis and excess deaths. Makes for a very pleasant
6: reading. Yeah, The Groom Reaper. Um, my uh, information's found on Getter at Edward Dowd, Twitter at Dowd Edward, and my book, Cause Unknown, is found on Amazon. By the way, these
5: guys are heroes right here because they stepped out, particularly Dowd and Cole. They stepped out, one of us tough. Thank you guys very much. Let's give it up for these heroes. I do. Tax Network USA is pure war room for solving your IRS tax problems. If you owe back taxes, COVID was your lucky break. Tax court shut down, the IRS paused, and you skated. Well, baby, that party is over. The IRS is adding 20,000 enforcement agents, basically tax cops. Honest, hardworking Americans like you are in the crosshairs. Rich people have tax lawyers and you don't. You'll pay up plus interest and penalties. Tax USA Network has brilliant war room type strategies designed to solve your IRS problem quickly in your favor. Never call the IRS yourself. You're at their mercy. You could sit on hold for six to eight hours and get hung up on. Grind you for all your back taxes plus interest and penalties. Tax Network USA attorneys have a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to talk to and who to avoid. If they get difficult agent, hey, they just call a different agent. Tax Network USA learned of a limited time special IRS offer. The IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Schedule your free confidential consultation with Tax Network USA. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. Think about that. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. They offer a best-in-class client satisfaction guarantee. Now call one 800 Two four five six thousand. That's 1 800 And visit Tax Network USA. That's tnusa.com slash Bannon. Tnusa.com slash Bannon. Make sure you take action on this today. This IRS grind is only going to get much worse. I- .com, all one word warroomhealth.com.